Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Learn to be the best parent you can be. Get involved. Parents have to get involved to show the proper example to their children. Is stay involved. Uh, sometimes it's easy to get involved, but it's tough to sustain that involvement. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same thing, but you need to stay involved. Fourth is the most intuitive, but seems to be the most difficult. Love for others. Um, in, a, in our divisive society where we're sort of going at each other, we seem to have lost track of that. And then the fifth is the most difficult, I think. Uh, because this has been a real journey for me, learning about forgiveness uh, and how to accept forgiveness, extend forgiveness, practice forgiveness. Uh, it's it's a real, real journey. I mean, for example, you know, if a four-year-old bops the two-year-old over the head and the mother, irritated mother says, you know, tell your sister you're sorry. And the four-year-old says, I'm sorry. That's different than what you'd expect a 14-year-old to do or a 24 or a 44 or a 64-year-old. So. Our, you, our responses in terms of understanding, extending and, and ex- extending and accepting forgiveness should change over time. Uh, and that's sort of a real journey I've been on. So those, I came up with those five steps, tried to work on those five steps um, and came up with the first book called My Children's Children, Raising Young Citizens in the Age of Columbine. Because I think what we've lost track of in our society is raising our children to be good citizens. Welcome to Universal Grace. I am your host, Nadine Grace. Universal Grace is a dose of personal development and spiritual truth to help you become the best and greatest version of yourself. I share real talks with global game changers, thought leaders, and high-performance experts in this raw and unfiltered transformational podcast. I know that we're all capable of becoming the very best version of ourselves. We just need to remember who we are and believe that we are worthy and deserving of an extraordinary life. I am here to awaken you to your infinite potential and inspire you to unlock your inner greatness and live your best life. You ready? Let's get started. Welcome back to Universal Grace. I am your host, Nadine Grace. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Dr. Saul He is a graduate of Colorado College and the University of Colorado School of Medicine. He completed pediatric training at Duke University Medical Center and genetic training at the Greenwood Genetic Center. Dr. Saul deeply cares for all children. His advocacy on their behalf has led him to write this book, Conscious Parenting for Parents. He says that we all need constant reminders about the optimal nurturing of children. 
And this book provides a multidimensional approach to parenting that is refreshingly new. I had an amazing discussion with Dr. Saul. I have a seven-year-old son and, um, you know, he was able to provide a lot of very useful tools and tips and how to be a conscious parent. So I really hope that if you have children (laughs) or planning on having children, that you will find this discussion to be very valuable. So let's jump right in. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Saul. How are you doing today? Oh, it's my pleasure. It's, uh, It's a beautiful morning here and I hope it is there. Yes, it's actually a little bleaky outside, but every day for me is a beautiful day as long as, you know, I, as long as I'm alive, right, Absolutely, (laughs) is what we do to make it beautiful. So I know that you were a pediatrician for over 40 years, and I'm sure you've seen it all, um, children, you know, parents and children and their children interaction. Is that led you, is that what led you to um, writing all the books that you have written and to really get in the, the, the space and the mindset of, of, and the behaviors of parents? Well, it's, it's been an interesting journey. I mean, I started after my pediatric training, I started in 1979 and I was determined to be the best darn doctor you could be. I was both a pediatrician and a medical geneticist. Um, and so I really jumped into my work. And then after about 15 years, I said, you know, you're really not paying back to the community like you should. Uh, the community has been good to you uh, and you're thriving as a professional. You need to pay back to the community. So I heard a talk somebody gave a talk uh, and he said, for anything that happens in your community, 12 words that have had a profound impact on me ever since. For anything that happens in the community, I am the problem, I am the solution, I am the resource. So what that told me was that for anything that's happening in my community, it's my problem, it's not their problem. I mean, it's easy for me to say, oh, that's their drug problem, it's their teenage pregnancy problem, it's their violence problem. No, it needs to be my problem if I want to to be a part of the community. And I need to be part of the solution. And to do that, I need to devote my resources to it. Now, I will be honest, it took me a while to internalize that message. I mean, how do you do it? So I went to the local folks in the community after a couple months and said, you know, put me in, I'm ready. Let me do some stuff. What do you want me to do? So I got involved and maybe even smugly. So I was, you know, felt good that I was doing things. And then the second thing happened that really profoundly affected me. April 20, 1999, two teenagers walk into a high school in Littleton, Colorado, massacre 13 people and kill themselves, Columbine. Mm -hmm. And I asked myself, could that happen in my community? And the answer was yes. I asked myself, what have I done to make a difference? And the answer was not enough. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I was really, uh, maybe it maybe epiphany isn't the right word, but it really sort of was a sound. It was a jump start for for what's happened over the last uh, now close to you know twenty plus years. The I wrote down what I considered to be what each of us could do to improve our community, and I came up with the five steps to community improvement. And I'll get to those in just a minute. But what I did was that so moved me. I r- wrote over the next 12, 13 years, over 160 op-ed articles uh, Mm. about those five steps to community improvement. Uh, And then that transformed into my first book. And then this sort of just kept me on this journey about what each of us could do to improve ourselves, improve our parenting and improve our community. Uh, 
the five step. Can I get go into the five steps? Oh yes, please. Okay. Well, the uh, and you you might say, well, these aren't discrete, and in some ways they're not. They overlap, but that's okay. Um, one is learn to be the best parent you can be. Uh, and I chose those words carefully because parenting is a learning experience, um, and not everyone has the same abilities. Uh, so you want to be the best parent you could be. And not everyone has the same abilities based on maybe their educational background, their socioeconomic status, a variety of things. Some people have more advantages than others. Some people have more obstacles than others. So my job as a pediatrician was to help enable, help empower par parents to be the best parent they could be. Uh, and this is where I sort of got my comeuppance because early in my career, I, my job was to tell people what to do. Um, and I learned that my job is to really is to more help people uh, what, what to do to enable them to help empower them. And in many ways was to gently peer behind the curtain and see what I and observe and then to give them advice, helpfully helpful advice over a period of time in a trusting relationships, in a trusting relationship they can, they can use going forward because it's never easy as we'll get to later. This is not easy and there's continuous ups and downs. Second step, get involved. Your parents have to get involved to show the proper example to their children. Third step, and it sounds, sounds redundant, but the third step is stay involved. Uh, sometimes it's easy to get involved, but it's tough to sustain that involvement. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same thing, but you need to stay involved. Fourth is the most intuitive, but the most it seems to be the most difficult in today's society, love for others. Um, in, in our divisive society where we're sort of going at each other, we yeah. seem to have lost track of that. Mm -hmm. And then the fifth is the most difficult, I think, uh, because this has been a real journey for me, learning about forgiveness mm -hmm. uh, and how to accept forgiveness, extend forgiveness, practice forgiveness. Uh, it's that's a real, real journey. I mean, for example, you know, if a four-year-old bops the two-year-old over the head and the mother, irritated mother says, you know, tell your sister you're sorry. And the four-year-old says, I'm sorry. Um, that's different than what you'd expect a 14-year-old to do or a 24 or 44 or a 64-year-old. So our, you, our responses in terms of understanding, extending and, and ex extending and accepting forgiveness should change over time. Uh, and that's sort of a real journey I've been on. So those, I came up with those five steps, tried to work on those five steps, um, and came up with the first book called My Children's Children, Raising Young Citizens in the Age of Columbine. Because I think what we've lost track of in our society is raising our children to be good citizens. Um, Good citizens have empathy. Good citizens care for each other. Good citizens care about each other. Good citizens care for each other. Um, and to, in my in many ways, I think happiness is a, is a logical extension of being a good citizen. That inner joy, that inner happiness that you can get uh, comes from being a good citizen, taking care of and caring about other people rather than just getting that you know, some people say, well, isn't happiness just that you got that new car or that your six-year-old got that new bike? No, I mean, they're happy, sure, but that's not the, that's not the inner purpose uh, in, in terms of what we're doing. So that's, that's my intro 
and I'll I let like you get it. a word in edgewise. You no, know, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love everything that you mentioned. I was actually in my kitchen yesterday and I was singing and cooking and, um, you know, just, just, just being in the present moment. And my son walked in and he's like, mommy, why are you so happy? Did you, you know, is it because my birthday just passed? He was like, is it because you got a new present? And I said, no, I said, yes. I, while I appreciate the present, I said, I'm happy because I have, you know, I have my inner being living inside of me. I have God. I, I have that internal joy. And he's just looking at me <laughs> really confused. Like, you know, okay, mommy. So you're just happy because you're here. And I said, yes. And that's one thing that I'm trying to teach him as well while I'm learning it myself, not to find, you know, happiness externally and not to look for it outside. And I like how you also brought up forgiveness, you know, and teaching that, teaching them that teaching the children forgiveness, but at the same time, um, you know, learning it, learning, learning as well as the parents, because it's so important for us parents to, to learn all those five steps that you just spoke about. So we can, you know, embed that or teach that to our, to our children. And, um, and I also liked how you brought about the, the, the Columbine shooting. I remember that it was devastating. And, you know, you mentioned in an, in an article, I think I saw that an article you wrote November 21st, I was on your website. And, um, you said, um, you know, it's parents, you know, when things like that happen, you know, we say, oh, that shouldn't have happened. My, my, my thoughts and, and, and priors go out and that's not enough. It's so, you mentioned that it's so important for us to really take responsibility and be a conscious parent rather than an unconscious parent. So can you go into that a little bit? What is an unconscious parent and what is a conscious parent? <clears throat> I will, but let me give you a little background. Again, late in my late in my career, I made a change, became becoming a uh, medical director of a general pediatrics section at a, at a local hospital. Um, and when I did that, I had to take a leadership course. And I thought, oh gosh, I've been down this road before. I don't need another leadership course. But obviously, I like so many things in life uh, that it opened an, a, an, an incredible door for me that I hadn't anticipated. In that leadership course, they talked about conscious leadership. Um, and what they talk about, and I'm simplifying it in terms of what I could understand out of it. And they talk about a line. And when you're above the line, you're open, you're receptive, you're ready to learn. You're conscious of where you are. When you're below the line, you're in some way sort of unconscious. You're closed, you're receptive, and you're always right. You're as close, you're unreceptive, and you're always right. And so the point of conscious leadership is to understand where you are and to try to make changes accordingly. I mean, we've all been in that three o'clock meeting when our eyes are rolling to, when is this meeting over? I cannot, um, I, I cannot stand another minute of this. Um, and if we're conscious about that, we say, okay, I'm below the line. So we can, we can determined to stay below the line until the meeting's over, or we can say, what can I do to be more of a positive interactor mm. in, in this process? Same thing I think holds for parenting. I, I've coined for that line, the parental awareness threshold. When you're above the parental awareness threshold, you're open, you're receptive, you're ready to learn. You understand that parenting is a dynamic situation. When you're below the parental awareness threshold, you're closed, you're defensive, you're always right. And because I said so, and because I'm the parent. Mm. Um, and, and 
we're human. We're going to be above and below that all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and the point is just on trying to understand it and make incremental, not necessarily drastic changes either in the moment or in retrospect. What do I mean in the moment? Well, in the moment, if you can say you're okay, I, I don't like what my child just did. My job now is to pause, mm -hmm. not assess, and then choose, choose a response uh, rather than just fly off the handle. Mm -hmm. Now, after I pause, assess, and choose, I still might have made the wrong, cho wrong choice, um, but we can try to, uh, if we in the moment don't see that, hopefully later, later that day, that week, whatever, with a trusted partner, uh, our spouse, our friend, our pastor, our inner self, whatever, we can say, you know, that did not go well. <laughs> what can I do to make a difference going forward? Um, and I use a, a, a little example in, in the book, in my conscious parenting book, mother picks up her child after school. Child says, mom, I'm hungry. So they go through the drive up at the fast food and get a drink. And she passes it back to him in his car, in her, his or her car seat and says, don't spill this. Um, they're driving down the road, make a turn, mom, my drink spilled. And your immediate reaction is just to, yeah, I told you not to do that. And you pull over and you're, you know, you flip open the door, you're ready to yell uh, and you start the cleanup process. Well, the analysis of this situation actually showed that because of that turn you made, the book bag knocked the drink over. Mm. Um, so, you know, and that's not always the case. I'm, this is purely for illustration purposes. But if you had paused, assessed, and chose, you might have chosen a different, uh, a different response. Um, and but if you did make the wrong response in the time, you know, it's a, certainly appropriate to later uh, apologize and move on. I had Another example, my son was about seven or eight, and one night he did something that really made me angry. I was very upset, and I yelled at him, and he turned into a puddle. Uh, I was upset with myself. My wife was upset with me, and we turned into that family meltdown mode where nobody talks and just walks past each other for a, <laughs> sort of growling, you know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and so then it was time to go to bed and I laid down with my son and I said, son, I'm so sorry. You did something daddy thought was wrong, but my response was completely inappropriate. And I want to apologize and I want to say, I'm sorry. And I want us to make sure we're on the same page going forward. He said, dad, would you be quiet? I said, why? He said, I hate it when you're nice. <laughs> and so, um, and I don't say that to pat myself on the back, but I'd like to think that I was sort of practicing, practicing this conscious parenting. Yeah. Uh, long before I actually wrote it down. Um, and, you know, we're going to make enough boo-boos along the way that it's, we need to forgive ourselves too. Um, yes. as, as, as we do these things, because we, we will. Um, and, you know, I've met both of my sons now are, uh, I have two grown sons um, and uh, I still find myself uh, dealing with these issues and um, hopefully that won't stop. Yes, I like that. I like the analogy that you give, you know, you know, responding rather than reacting and jumping off the handle. And um, if I'm to be honest, I do that at times when I'm not conscious, 
because I've been trying to, um, to be a conscious parent, to make sure that I'm not trying to control my son. I'm not inflicting my own beliefs and my own um, trauma <laughs> in a child wounds on him, because I'm starting to understand that based on what we have experienced parents as, as children, if we're not, if we're getting triggered over and over again by our children or by anyone, that is something that needs healing. So I'm, I'm trying, it's, it's, if I'm to be honest, it's a struggle because my six-year-old um, does things. He, he really, he does things for attention. Most of my mornings are busy. You know, I'm working on my business, my personal development, just investing in myself. And he's an he's a, a early riser. So he comes down in my office and he does things to get my attention. I mean, he climbs on the highest wall you can think of. And look, mommy, look, mommy, I'm going to jump just to get my attention. And it, it aggravates me at times. At times I take a deep breath and I look away and I'm like, okay, so if I ignore him, he'll, he'll just stop. But then he keeps going more and more. So I think it's really important for us parents to, like you said, to really, you know, consciously think about how we're going to respond. And, and you use the example of apologizing to your son and, and telling him that you're sorry. I don't think I've ever done that before, apologizing to my son, because I think as parents, we're like, we're, 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 the, we're the parent, we're correct. You know, we're always right. Like my son asked me a question the other day and I was, and he, and I said, Jordan, just do it. He says, why? I said, because I said so. And after I said that, I'm like, that's not a good response. He's looking for an, an answer as to why he should do what I ask him to do. So I, th I think this discussion is so important because there's a lot of unconscious parents out there and I go back and forth in being conscious and unconscious. And um, it, it really is, it's a, it's, it's a challenge. <laughs> it's, it really is. Yes, I see that you want to well, say something. Well, and I, and I think, you know, the obviously conscious parenting is sort of is talks about understanding yourself and your reaction to things, but it really talks about understanding your child too mm. and, and understanding where they are developmentally. I mean, yes. you know, when a three-year-old has a temper tantrum, um, it's an attention getting process. Uh, mm. And so there are certain things you should do, certain things you shouldn't do as a parent, but you sh should understand that that's a very normal behavior for a three-year-old. Uh, and flying off the handle and looking for a belt or something else is totally inappropriate. Uh, and so you need to understand where your child is developmentally. And, and if it's more than a one parent family, both parents have to be on, on this same journey and working together. Another, another quick example is, you know, if, if say mom's working out of the house and dad is fixing dinner, uh, got the one-year-old in the, in the high chair, and the one-year-old's throwing peas on the floor. Uh, mom comes home and thinks, oh, isn't that cute? I mean, for dad, that might be the end of his rope. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, you can switch sexes here, either one. Um, and so you have, sort of have to understand where you are and where your child is. And each interaction might be very different. I mean, how you respond on a day you're having a good day might be very different than when you've been feel like you've been re-traumatized in some way and have to and have to sort of internalize more than you would like 
And so you, um, and you know, being human is is perfectly fine in this whole process. That's I'm not, I don't. This there is no nirvana to this parenting journey, um, and so it's. Uh, I that's why in the book I'm talking. The book is is very short. It's meant to be a. a there is no map for parenting. It's not an innate process, but the 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 book is meant to provide some milestones and helpful things along the way. It's meant to be re-examined as often as necessary. Mm -hmm. And to my mind, again, the whole point of being a conscious parent is raising your child to be a good citizen. Yes. You know, when my, when my parents divorced, my mother said, all I want you to do it, Bob, is be happy. Um, and I think that's what a lot of parents that uh, go through divorce say to their kids. Um, and, you know, I, I could have just gone off on my own and done pursued what I thought was my happiness. But fortunately for me, my mother provided the right example. Uh, uh, and by doing that, I realized that I needed to be helping others doing other things. Uh, fortunately, that got me into medicine and, and uh, where I am now. Um, and so I found myself when my first marriage ended a divorce, I found myself telling my oldest son, I just want you to be happy. And now I realize again, that I had that backwards. That I want him to be a, want him to be a good citizen, and that happiness is a is a secondary positive effect. And again, that's sort of an oversimplification, but I like it, so I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> I like that. Yes, yes, it, it really is. Just be a good citizen. Just having those five steps that you mentioned, you know, having love and and forgiveness, and being consistent and patience it's, it's it really is it's just being a good citizen and children learn by what they observe as well <clears throat> excuse me they you know they they learn they learn by what they observe on a day-to-day -day basis my son is always paying attention to my face he's always asking he knows when I'm sad he knows when I'm very busy he knows like he's like I, I look at him paying attention to me and he does the things like you know he, he does like he's always paying attention to me and his dad because it's just the three of us in our household so he's always looking at us and he knows when unfortunately when we're arguing he knows he knows when mommy is busy right now so you know need to be quiet like he knows all of those things and I'm very conscious of that because I want to raise a really well-balanced child who, um, like I have him say affirmations every night before he goes to bed, you know, I am worthy and deserving. I am enough. I love myself. I have high self-esteem. I, um, I am full of confidence. I am a genius, like just affirmations. I have him look in his eyes because it's so important for, for, um, children, like you say, to, to be well, well-balanced and well-rounded and just be a good person, just be a good person. So I have him do that. And I sometimes sit down and I said, am I being a good example for him? Am I, you know, am I, would I, would I want him to marry me, someone that represents the qualities that I have? So I try my very best <laughs> To, to embody everything that I want to see in the world, love, peace, and joy, and compassion, and forgiveness. But um, like you said, it's, it's, it's no manual. So it's, for me, it's, it's, if I don't work on myself, if I don't put that time in to really work on myself, to develop that, not even develop that self-love because we are love, but to really get in alignment with my inner, inner being and to, you know, 
practice meditation and all those things that bring me into an alignment with my higher self, if I miss a morning of doing that or a couple of days of doing that, I can feel when my son does something, I can feel myself, I can feel me getting out of alignment and get, getting aggravated and irritated. But one thing I want to note that you mentioned as well is that both parents have to be on the same journey of wanting to be a conscious parent. And um, it's a bit difficult in my household because, <laughs> you know, with my husband, he is, you know, he is like, this is my way or no way because I'm the parent, you do this, you do that. While I'm the relaxed parent where I'm like, okay, Jordan, he does things to get our attention. So he does a lot of things that he shouldn't do. But then I'm like, okay, you know, it is what it is. And I'll just tell him not to do it next time. And if he does, then what am I going to do? I'm not going to punish him. While he's on the other hand, he is, you're on timeout, you're this, you're that. And I'm like, so it's, it's, you know, my son looks at both of us like, okay, <laughs> which one am I going to go with? So that's something that I know that we need to work on in terms of us coming together and being on the same journey. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've, children know how to play one parent against the other. Oh. I mean, children children are very smart. And and just a, you mentioned a couple key words there that I'd like to come back to: discipline and punishment. Um, remember, remember, uh, there should never well, in my mind, and a lot of there should never be physical punishment of a child. Uh, it's it, it you know when somebody gets physically punished, it certainly increases their risk of doing the same when they get older. In terms of, it's not that everyone that smokes gets lung cancer, but it certainly increases your risk. Not everyone that was physically punished as a child uh, becomes a physical person, but it certainly increases your risk. The science is clear behind that. So how do you discipline a child? Let's remember the word discipline. The root word for discipline is disciple, which means to teach. So discipline should be a teaching experience, uh, not a punishing experience. The only time I could ever think of punishing per se is if your child did something potentially life-threatening. Mm -hmm. They ran out, out of your hands under this, into the street or something like that. Yes, yes. Um, but I mean, so discipline should be a learning experience. And so it be, it be, it's work to say, okay, how can I correct this? And timeout might be totally appropriate. Uh, you know, some people say you're coddling your child if you don't do this or don't do that. Uh, I prefer to think you're, teach you're teaching a child how to respond appropriately to a variety of different circumstances and a variety of different things. Um, so in each family is unique. So it's tough for me to give you a specific, you know, if he does this, this is what you should do. Um, and when I was in in practice, I oftentimes had to have parents give me a scenario. And I said, well, how about if we would think about doing this next time mm -hmm. in, instead of that? And so now I realize that some of that is just sort of conscious parenting, mm -hmm. trying to trying to be ahead of the uh, ahead of the curve. That is, if you know that you're down in your study uh, and your child comes running down and he's probably going to engage in some behavior that really annoys you because you want to do something else. Um, well, you have a choice. You can try to ignore him or you can say, okay, I need to, I need to do something different here for a short period of time. Mm. Um, and tell them that's okay for five minutes or 10 minutes, mommy's going to do this with you. But then after that, mommy's going to go back and do this. And then you're going to be quiet and do this. Um, 
So you have to sort of think through the situation and how, how can I create a, a new way of dealing with this? For example, a lot of parents would come in and say, you know, my child, oh, doc, you got to give my child medicine. I think he has ADHD. You know, he just, he won't sit down. I can't take him to the grocery store. He can't do this. I can't do that. And I said, well, I said, well, don't take him to the grocery store. They said, well, I have to. I said, no, you don't. You do not want to put your child in a situation where you know they're going to fail. Mm. Um, so you have to sort of be proactive. Yes. And, and, and so that's not to say you'll never take them to the grocery store, but you have to sort of work your way up in terms of how can I make sure that this is a positive experience yes. instead of a negative experience? Because m most parents will know that if I do this, it's going to set my child off. Yes. Well, then you really need to think, okay, how can I do this differently so it doesn't set them off? I mean, I, I still might get to where I want to get to, but I need to be creative in terms of how I get there. Yes. For example, you know, I, parents say, I can't get them to bed at 8.30. Well, then you need to start earlier and you need to start a different, a different path um, and say at 7.30, we're going to do this. At 7.45, we're going to brush your teeth. At 8, we're going to read books. At 8.15, we're going to do this. Uh, and then 8.30, it's going to be lights out instead of just trying at 8.30 to make it happen. You've got to think through the situation. And get the and child involved. One other thing you mentioned, because I think it's important for parent and parenting, being the positive example, forgiveness. Um, Maury Schwartz, and I don't know if you've ever read the little book, Tuesdays with Maury. Yes. Uh, um, yes, yes. And, A long time ago. By that, he was talking about that you have to forgive yourself first for what you've done or what you haven't done, mm. then forgive others and do it now. And I think we lose track of that. And the other thing with forgiveness, I think is communal forgiveness. That as we think about interpersonal forgiveness or, or intrapersonal forgiveness, but I think we need to understand and try to exercise communal forgiveness. And a big example here is the, uh, the American Medical Association, the, doc, the doc group for, of doctors in the country back many years ago would not allow African-American physicians in their, in their ranks. Uh, they saw their, uh, their errors in their ways and changed their course, but they never issued an apology mm. until about 15 years ago, they issued an apology. Uh, and, you know, they might, they might say, well, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. No, but it was us. Yeah. It was us. Uh, and we need, if we're going to listen to those 12 words, I'm the problem. I'm the solution. I'm the resource. Let's change pronouns. We are the problem. We are yes. the solution. We are yes. the resource. I so love this. It, it helps reset your moral compass going forward. And we still have a big problem with that here in the South where I am in terms of the symbols of the Confederacy and other mm -hmm. things like that. But yeah. um, so it wasn't me. Uh, and so I don't have to do anything. No, you really do. It really was us in some way, shape or form. Um, yeah. And if we want to move forward as a society, we have to do that. And, you know, related to that is the whole, this whole issue of vulnerable vulnerability. Mm -hmm. uh, as you know, in your faith journey, you know, you have to be vulnerable, but being vulnerable is seen as very negative in our yeah. society. It will seen as weak. Yes. Especially in, in today's politics, you can't yes. be vulnerable, but if you ever want to advance, if you ever want to help other people, you have to recognize your humanity and your vulnerability. I love this. I love this discussion. I love what you, you mentioned about vulnerability and also, you know, realizing that 
the problems that goes on in the world is just not just not taking ourselves out of it and say okay it's their problem but it's our problem you know it's it's our it's our fault why I don't like to say fault but we are responsible for you know the Columbine shootings we're responsible for you know all of those things that we that are deemed um negative or deemed um you know, bad. We are. It's just a matter. It's a matter of taking responsibility. You know, for for what goes on in, in today's world. Even when my 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 son Jordan acts up, I sit down and I look at myself and I said, okay, so what is it that I am that I'm doing? Why he's responding the way he's responding? Let me take a look at myself and see how I can change the way I communicate with him, and um and maybe based on my communication and my internal environment of how I feel about myself, that will in turn change the energy that I'm sending out to him. It's, it's, I love how you mentioned that, talked about, you know, just being responsible for, for humanity, because we're all one and being responsible for the behaviors of others. We, well, I guess we, we're not responsible for the behavior of, of, behavior of others, but we are responsible for how we respond to it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of how we respond to it and realizing that it's important for us to love each other and to forgive each other as well and to be vulnerable. That's what is missing in today's world is just an understanding that of just not people not taking responsibility and and looking at at each other as being separate and having all that unforgiveness and and hatred towards one another. And <clears throat> I guess I, we could divert a little bit and, you know, and go into saying that the mainstream media does a big job at a good job at making sure that happens. But, um, you know, it's, 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 you know, if anyone is listening to this, any of my listeners listen, any of our listeners listen to this, if you have children, you know, just understand that it's important to, as Dr. Saul is saying, to take a look at why your child is behaving the way your child is behaving. I'll let you say it, Dr. Saul, since you are the expert in this. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone, if to any of our listeners who are realizing that they're <laughs> that they're an unconscious parent, and that they can use some some help in the, in that area in terms of consciously parenting their children? What advice would you give? Well, I think you want to have a conscious awareness of the parent and child relationship. Uh, and you need to be really willing to listen. You need to be willing to learn. You need to be willing to alter responses appropriately as, as such. Sometimes you don't, the other thing is being a parent is sometimes the exercising the ability not to change. <laughs> and that's tough too. How do you know that? Well, some of that's going to be experience. Uh, some of some of that's just you know you don't want to change just because you're oh he's always he's irritating me so much I'm just going to give in and do this well I mean we've all done that uh, but again think through okay you know I really should not have changed my responses in that so going forward how can I do this differently and I think that's that's the important thing is just try to understand where you are in relationship. Uh, try to understand yourself, try to understand your child, understand that the child's going through a developmental process. Mm -hmm. You cannot expect the, the behavior of a six-year-old to be the same as that of a 16-year-old. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so you have to understand the developmental process mm -hmm. and you have to understand your own uh, social, you have to understand your own emotional uh, situation at the time. 
it's complex. Uh, but again, that's sort of the, to me, that's sort of the fun part of parenting is it's, it's never ending. The bad part is it's never ending. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was telling my mom yesterday that my son is my biggest teacher. He, he really is. He's, he's my biggest teacher. I've learned so much through him, patience, healing my own inner child, children, inner, you know, we all have inner children traumas and really just having me taking a good look at myself, um, in, you know, in terms of how I'm responding to him, because, you know, there are children and they're not going anywhere. So <laughs> it's either we consistently, you know, have that type of unconscious parenting, or we really level up and decide to, to, you know, be the best parent to that child, be the best yeah. parent to that child. So you have several books out there. You're the author of several books, Conscious Parenting, Thinking Developmentally, All About Children and My Children's Children. Um, which one is your favorite? Oh, golly gee. Uh, probably, probably my, the, uh, the most recent one, Conscious Parenting, Using the Parental Awareness Threshold. But I have a special place in my heart for my first one because that was sort of what was the culmination of my my journey since the early 90s. Uh, yeah. So here I am on this now 30-year journey. Uh, and so that first book uh, means a lot to me also. Yes, yes. So go go out, pick his books up there in Amazon, um, Conscious Parenting, Thinking Developmentally, All About Children and My Children's Children. Lord knows we all need help in parenting our children. Um, because it's, it's not an easy task at all. It's definitely, you know, it's, it's a learning for me. It's, it's, it's learning it's stages, learning in stages for me every day. I learn something new about myself and about my son. So I would really advise our listeners to go check, um, Dr. Saul's book out and Dr. Saul, what is, what is, what's next for you? What's, what, what, what are you working on? What projects are you working on? Well, I'm retired, um, but I, clinically, but I'm never, I'm not, withdrawn from being a child's advocate. I'm presently the president of the South Carolina chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics. And I've got a new book project uh, that roughly talks about uh, what really matters. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, this is, it's still in the rough stages, but it, I've come up with six things I think that really matter. Truth, trust, science, civility, diversity, and faith. I like that. Um, so I'm, I'm working on trying to weave those into, I, I'm discussing each of them individually, but they all intertwine. Uh, but this really bothered me in this, uh, is we've sort of lost track of truth mm. uh, in, the, in the previous administration. I don't mean to get into politics, but so much of what truth was became alternate facts or, or vice versa. And there is no such thing. There's only truth. Yes. Um, and the only way you can get to trust is based on truth. That's so true. Uh, um, and so, and obviously as a physician, I, I value science uh, and science and faith are not, uh, are not opposites. They can work together. Uh, and and uh, so I'm, uh, one other thing I should mention that I've really, that I'm really I'm so enamored with because we talked about hate is Michael Curry, who is the uh, president or the chief uh, of the uh, Episcopal Church in the uh, in the country, um, wrote a recent book uh, 
I can't remember the title, Love is the Way, I think, but he talks about the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is selfishness. Mm. Um, because love is being selfless. Um, and, and so when we, you know, when we, we all have said this, when somebody, when our ch child does something, said, I hate that. No, you got to be very careful because you never hate your child. You might hate their behavior, but you never hate your child. And that's what we have to generalize to other people too. Yeah. Um, we might hate their behaviors, uh, but they still are, they still are children of God and we have to be careful and not hate them. Though that's, that's difficult. That gets, that gets us back to our forgiveness journey. <laughs> yes. Yes. And when we hate anyone, we're actually hating ourselves because we're all one. Yeah. It's, it truly is a journey of, of going back home to ourselves. It's, it's truly is a journey of, of self-awareness, understanding that, you know, we're just, we're all one. And, you know, when we inflict pain upon one person, we're actually doing it to ourselves and, <clears throat> excuse me, and just, just forgiving and living in love. That is my journey now, just, just living in love and understanding that there's no one separate. I'm not separate from anyone. I'm just thinking different thoughts. And it's so important for me to, to stand in my truth every day in respect to knowing that, you know, we're all one. And that's what the world is missing right now. It's not, it's just not having an understanding that we're all one. Yeah. We're all, we're all one. The law of, of, of divine oneness says that we're all one. We're just thinking different thoughts. And um, yeah, I, I just, I love having this, you know, discussion like this and, and really helping our children to become good citizens, starting from, 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 starting from the womb. <laughs> starting from the womb. So when they do get older into an adult, into being adults, they're good citizen and, you know, and know how to treat each other and know how to treat themselves as well. So yeah. thank you so much for being here. I really do love this discussion, love discussion like this, because I have a six-year-old that um, I'm learning myself how to parent. And as I told you before, before, we were talking before we got online that I'm learning to parent myself, to be the mother of myself, to, to be patient with myself. And in doing so, I, you know, hopefully that can reflect in how I treat my son. So thank you so much for being here, Dr. Saul. This was such an amazing discussion. If our listeners want to connect with you, how would they be able to connect with you? Uh, my website is uh, www.mychildrenschildren.com. Uh, and there's a contact page on there. And there's a regular blog where I post articles. And it shows how to get in touch with the, the or how to get the books. Uh, so that go to my website. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you for listening to Universal Grace Podcast and being part of this amazing community. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and I hanging out and helping each other rise to the top. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. So I'll see you on the next episode. But in the meantime, remember to head on over to universalgracepodcast.com and get some extra special resources that you won't find anywhere else. Thanks for listening and let love guide you.